Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to another lecture of my Wholeness Journey course. Hope y'all are doing well. In this lecture today, we're going to be talking about how joy helps you hold well. So if you're watching this for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. So after you watch this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe, make sure you go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been rocking with me for a long time, whether it's been 13, 14 years, or 13 to 14 minutes ago that you've been a subscriber, I wanna say thank you all so much for your continued support and trusting what God has entrusted in me. And I pray that it continues to be a treasure for you. So as everyone is coming in live, let me know where you're watching from. What's up, Yvette Kelly? Good, happy Saturday to you too as well. Hope you all are having a great Saturday. Like I always say, don't try to uh, utilize the time of your weekend um, to avoid the life you're in. Utilize this weekend to develop the life you desire to live. So I hope um, 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 that you're maximizing um, this Saturday and getting it into a good place. But as everyone is coming in live, I want to make sure that you guys and gals know about some new things. The book that actually sparked this course is, is called The Wholeness Journal. It's a great journal for your wholeness journey, um, a resource that will help you really process whether or not you're whole enough to hold the things that you desire to hold, as well as to examine if you're whole enough to even hold the things you're currently holding. So it has over 120 uh, reflective questions, as well as 25 articles, as well as 52 um, journal entries for you to really process your wholeness. Also a good fun uh, card game that goes alongside this book. It's also called the game whole. Um, whoever spells the word whole wins. So it's a fun interactive card game uh, for those to discuss uh, for family, friends, couples, significant others, all that good stuff to discuss um, the key uh, questions about wholeness as well as some fun activities like exercises, mathematical equations to examine your level of wholeness. All these resources and tools are available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. But let's get right into our notes. Uh, we're in part four of phase one of this course, and we're going to be talking about the process to obtaining and sustaining wholeness, completeness, and lacking in nothingness. So we're, we're on our way through phase one, excited about what we have discussed of of uh as far as this far um but make sure you go ahead and register uh for my on this online course now where you can get the worksheets and the notes all that good stuff there but of course our course scripture for today's um course is James 1 2 through 3 uh profit from trials uh the word of God says count it all joy my brothers and sisters when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its full effect that you may be whole or perfect, complete and lacking in nothing. Notice we have three different underlying words in today's lecture. Um, last few weeks, it was perfect, complete and lacking in nothing. But now we're going to be talking about words of responsibility. See, it is our responsibility, number one, to count it all joy. Secondly, to know why our faith must be tested and for us to let patience have its full effect. So the second half of this phase, we're going to be talking about um, these three responsibility words that is that that is on us when it comes to wholeness and holding things well. And the first word that we're going to be in um, this week is the word count. So let's get right into the verse for this lecture, which is um, John 1 verses uh oh, verse four it says beloved 
I love that word, beloved. In order for me to uh, determine my level of belief, I must know that I'm God's beloved. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. See, in order for us to get into a place of belief, in order for us to get us, get us to a place of proper belief, we must first that we we must first know that we are God's beloved. Those who allow God to love them and know that they are God's beloved, they won't believe every spirit. They will be able to count well because they're loved well. Those who know they are loved are those who are able to count. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see where they are for God. But before I get into that, I want to make sure um, you understand this book right here is the book that this, these points come from, Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. So a lot of my points today are coming from this book here that coincides with the current course and book that we have. but it, And there's other videos that I talk about this, but it's very essential that we know that we are God's beloved because when we know that we are God's beloved, we will believe better. Now let's get right into our main points for today's lecture day. The main point is this, in order to hold well, we must know how to count well. Again, we're talking about how joy helps us count well, how joy helps us count, how joy gives us the peace, the poise, and the patterns to be able to count well. Let's get to our problem. Many people are not taking the time to count what's in front of them. Many people are not taking the time needed to fully count what's in front of them due to them either not knowing how to count or feeling they don't count, causing them to be discounted. Very, very layered point here, but it's but it's but it's paramount for us to understand. We got popular misfits in the building. Hey family, it's Jalisa. Thank you. Tuning in from the UK. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're glad to have you. It says many people are not taking the time to count what's in front of them. The devil knows that a lot of people in our world today are impatient. They are impulsive and they're incompetent. And so if you have a culture of people with these type of character traits, then they won't take the time to count. I remember when in one of our uh, staff uh, devotions this week, uh, I gave an, a, a point. I said, the reason why our children are not where we want them to be is because culturally they have been conditioned not to be able to endure sound doctrine. The enemy knows that in order for me to create create incompetent people, I have to ensure that people are incrementalized into small increments, meaning that their brains have been conditioned over time to not be able to fully grasp everything that's in front of them and to condition people to only see what they desire to see. Therefore, call people not to be in position to count well. And if you're not able to count fully, thoroughly, or accurately, then how will your children be able to grow up in a good home? How would your wife, how will your wife be able to be feel for, for her to feel secure and stable? How will your husband feel strong? If we're incompetent, if we're unable to count well, that's why it's important for us to understand that in order for us to stand under things for a long period of time, we must be able to have the poise and the patience to be able to count fully. Many people are not taking the time. Time, you spell time, L-I-F-E, they're not taking the time of their life 
to count what's in front of them due to one of these two reasons. Either they don't know how to count, and that's true. Some people don't know how to count spiritually. They don't understand how to do spiritual mathematics. They're not able to count their current situations with joy, knowing that the testing of their faith produces patience. And when patience have had its perfect effect, um, you will be complete, whole, lacking of nothing. That most people aren't even fully aware that the world that they live in is more spiritual than it is natural, more spiritual than it is physical. So some people don't even know how to do spiritual mathematics. They're not able to fully comprehend what's in front of them, to fully comprehend the full scope, to fully comprehend how God is utilizing this current situation that you're facing, that you're crying out for him to bring you out of, but he's pulling you through to build you thoroughly enough to go through anything else in your future. Spiritual mathematics is essential, is key for us to open the doors of our lives. Many people are not taking the time to count what's in front of them due to either not knowing how to count or secondly, feeling they don't count. For so many people right now, the reason why they are unable to fully grasp what's around them, they don't feel like they matter. They don't feel like they count. They don't feel like they're a part of God's number. They don't feel like God is considering them. And so many people are so insecure. Other people are impulsive. Other people are, are impatient. Some people are insecure. Is that you? Is the reason why you're not taking the time to count the red flags in that man's life, count the red flags in that woman's life, count the red flags in that situation because you don't feel like you count? Those who count, count. Those who know that they matter, they count the matter, right? They find the matter. They find the root. So some people, they just feel like they don't matter. They don't feel like they count. So why take the time? If I don't, if I, if I can't fully count what's in me, if I can't fully count who, who, how I count, then why would I take the time to count to see if this man is for me, if this woman is for me, if this job is for me, if this friend is for me, right? Let's keep going. Many people are not taking the time to count what's in front of them due to either not knowing how to count or feeling they don't count, causing them to be discounted, meaning they start settling for less, meaning they take themselves off of the showroom floor and put themselves on clearance racks, right? So let's go to the next point. The more you feel you count, the more you will take time to count. The more you feel you count, the more you will take time. And that's why joy is essential. Count it all joy. That joy is the highest frequency of emotion. That when I know that I'm God's beloved, when I know that I am loved by him, then I will know how to love, right? When I know that uh, that he's my everything, then I can actually hold everything, right? And so the more that I feel that I count, the more I will take time to count. See, I matter as a husband. I matter as a coach. I matter as a teacher. I matter as a son. I matter as an uncle. I matter as a brother. Therefore, I consider everything. And since I matter to my wife, my mothers, my fathers, whoever it is, because I matter, I count. But because I know that I'm God's beloved and his joy makes me strong, then I can count the right from the wrongs. Next point, to count means to see everything good and bad and to make the right judgment. I love that. To count means to see everything good and bad and make the right judgment. That's important for us to understand. In order for us to really do spiritual mathematics, I got to be able to say, I got to count it all. 
I just can't be impulsive. You cannot want marriage so bad that you don't take time to count the red flags. You can't take, you can't be so impulsive to get rich that you don't count all the corners you're skipping, right? You gotta be able to say, what is the desired outcome for my life? What is it that I want? Do I want to last or do I just always want to be first, right? Because if I don't mind being last and I'll know I'll last, but if I quit to be first, I'll be first in a hearse. And so we got to make sure that we rehearse the proper things, the principles of life to make sure that we understand what it means to last long in regards to longevity. Right. And so those who understand, hey, I got to count everything good and bad. I have to consider everything is in front. I have to consider everything that's in front of me. So I can make the right judgment so that before I even start dating this young man, before I even start marrying this woman, I got to make sure I got count everything in that man. That's why it's important for you to see people at their best and at their bottom, their, their best and at the bottom to see if y'all will balance. You got to be able to count to see. I got to see this man. I got to see this woman at their best. And I got to see them at their bottom so I can see if we will be balanced. Because if a person can't handle their best and the person can't handle the bottom, then how will y'all balance? Because if he if he taps out when he's at his worst and he, go, and he taps out when he's at his best, then how will he be able to fully tap in with you and vice versa? That's why it's important to say, hey, I got to count it all. I got to see it all. I got to see your good and bad. I got to see how you handle success. I got to see how you handle sour moments. I got to see how you handle different things so that I can see if we can hold things together. Let's keep going. To count means to see everything good and bad, right? And to make the right judgment. Next point. We, oh, next point. There is more on the counter than you can see. There is more on your counter then you can see. See, your life is a counter. Counter, you know, counter where um, people uh, purchase meals, where people make deals, a counter. Um, a lot of the things that are on counters are displays. Uh, food are on counters. Um, deals are on counters. And your life is a counter. There's more that's being placed on the counter of your life every day. And before you eat it and before you deal it, you got to see how real it is right? You got to be able to say, okay, Holy Spirit, show me who this person really is. And sometimes you don't have time to figure out if that person is supposed to be yours or not. If this job is supposed to be yours or not, you don't have the time. But you, you can tap into the one that's in time and above time inside of you, intertwined into you, that will tell you who is yours and who is not yours. And what is yours and what is not yours? Because what happens when you begin to engage with counterfeits, you will find yourself in fits days in and days out. That's why you got to, before you make a deal over the counter of your life, before you eat a meal over the counter of your life, you got to see if it's supposed to be a part of your life. That's what a counterpart is. A counterpart is something that God places on the counter of your life that was predestinedly designed to be a part of your life. A counterfeit is anything the enemy puts on the counter of your life that's, that's going to try to force fit it itself in your life to cause fits in your life. And that's why we got to look at our lives as a counter and say, before I eat this meal, before I make this deal, let me see if it's real. Let's keep going. We can count, we can count it all joy when we know who holds it all. 
That's powerful. These are just some simple points. It's a, it's like a, it's like a, a preliminary, uh, like a, 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 um, a, a small lecture to help you kind of ba basically understand what the next phase of this first phase will be. But we cannot count it all joy, or we can count it all joy when we know who holds it all. I can count whatever it is that I'm facing. Let's look at those four words. Count it all joy. Let's look at the second word, it. I don't care what it is. You can find joy in it. It doesn't matter what it is. You can find joy in it, right? So it doesn't matter what you're facing right now. You can count it all joy. Why? Because you know that in order for you to hold anything, you got to have the faith to hold it. And faith cannot be just solely in your ability. Some people have faith. Faith is multi-layered. Faith is multi-dimensional, right? Faith means that I have faith in my wife based upon her skills and her faithfulness. I have some faith in me based upon my skills and my faithfulness. But ultimately, my faith must be in God who transcends and supersedes everybody else's ability, right? And so there is some delegated faith, right? There is some uh, entrusted faith, right? But my full faith must be in God. So I can count it all joy when I know who is holding me, right? And so the thing is, we count it all joy only if we count it all happiness, not joy. And that I'm only happy if these conditions are in my life versus God being in my life. I'm going ahead of myself. So let me slow down. Let's go to our next slide. The importance of spiritual matters. It is important, let's go here, that we count accurately, that we count multidimensionally, and that we count thoroughly. No matter what it is that you're facing right now, whatever that it is, the way I can count accurately, multidimensionally, and thoroughly is if I've, I have joy. Counting accurately is important. I got to be able to count accurately. If I'm counting money, I have to count that money accurately. If not, then there could be some other issues based upon uh, my negligence, right? I must be able to count multidimensionally. What do I mean by that? You just can't count just the natural pieces that's in front of you. You also got to count the spiritual pieces with it as well. You just can't count that he's financially able. You can't just count that she is uh, academically astute. You just can't count uh, the figures in her body parts. You just can't count just the physical. You got to count the multidimensional. You got to count, is this person a witch? Is this person a root worker? Is this person sent by the devil? Is this person so ignorantly that they're that they are able to be used by the devil, right? So you got to count multidimensionally. You got to say, Holy Spirit, scan this person for me and see and show me if this person was sent by you for me or whether or not this person was sent by the enemy to destroy me. I got to count multidimensionally. I got to I got to count generationally. I forgot to put that in there. It just came just now. I have to count generationally. Will this help my generations? I just can't count individually. I got to count generationally. I got to be able to say, hey, how will this impact my children's children? 
How would this impact the people in my life? How will it? I must count not only accurately, not only multidimensionally, I got to also count generationally. Last but not least, I got to count thoroughly. I got to take my time to count it. I got to see it through, my boy. I got to see it through. I got to count it thoroughly. I mean, levelly. I got to look at it in every angle to make sure that it's supposed to be in my life. Let's keep going. And thank y'all so much for watching. Man, make sure you share, man. Let people tap in. So I really do believe. Now, in what areas do people miscount the most? This is where I want to get to for a little bit. I'm going to rest here for some time. Now, in what areas do people miscount the most? Here are one, two, three, four, five areas that people miscount the most. Number one, not number one, but one of the reasons or one of the areas where people miscount is in their aspirations, their aspirations. Now, how do people miscount in their aspirations? People aspire to do great things. They want to be amazing. They want to be awesome. They want to be successful. They, 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 have, they have aspirations to be married. They aspire to be married. They aspire to be rich. They, 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 they have all these great aspirations, but they're not counting the cost of their aspirations, right? Everybody wants the highlights. Everybody wants to be successful, but people are not taking the time to count what it will cost, not only to become the boss, but to make sure you are not at loss as a boss, right? Like I got to make sure that I consider, am I developing the character that will ensure that I sustain where I'm aspiring to go? Am I uh, am I long suffering? Do I have endurance? Do I have grit? Am I legit, or am I easily able to quit, or easily able to be in fits because I'm not willing to count what it takes to be fit, to be in shape? We can have all these aspirations, but still miscount the actions and the attributes needed to sustain that 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 place of altitude. So a lot of people miscount when it comes to aspirations because all they dream about is about what it looks like. And, and I feel bad for our young people today. I feel bad for people today that are ingratiating themselves in the way the culture designed, not, des not designed, but defined things from the original design of a thing, causing people to be blind with that thing, causing them not to be able to have that thing in enough time, right? And so the issue is we have these great aspirations, right? We have these great goals, but we're miscounting what it takes to get there, not only get there, but stay there. So people who aspire to be married, they just th they thought about their marriage. Young women have been thinking about their marriage since they were seven years old and men just thinking about um, um, how can I whatever, whatever with it. Right. And what's causing so many people not to truly enjoy marriage is because they don't know that marriage is work. Marriage is work. Let me say it again. Marriage is work. Anything worth having, you're going to have to work to keep it, to sustain it. You can buy a house because of its massive uh, look and how great it is, but do you have what it takes to take care of the maintenance of it? And so many people uh, are, are never are able to hold or not even, not even hold, but even achieve or acquire what they aspire to have. So a lot of people miscount when it comes to their aspirations. They have strong goals, but they're miscounting what it takes. Therefore, they're not having joy in this season. Joy means that it doesn't matter what the conditions are. I find joy with God because God is where I am. 
I have joy. I count it all joy, even though I have aspirations and, and where I am currently doesn't necessarily match where I want to be. I can still find joy here, helping me to hold what I have here, to hold the lessons well, to hold the marriage well, to hold the children well, to hold the job well, to hold whatever it is well, because I know it is well in my soul because of the wellspring that holds. Right? And so when I know that, it doesn't matter what I don't have, or it doesn't matter, uh, or I don't allow myself to get lost in my aspir aspirations, that I forget what I have in my grasp now. So a lot of people can't count it all joy right now with their aspirations because they're miscounting right now because their friends are successful. Their friend, Are you a fly on your friend's marital wall? Do you know for sure that they have it all? Like they show it all online? Do you not know the, the place where people lie the most is online? Because nobody wants to show that their life sucks. <laughs> nobody wants to show that they don't have the guts. Yeah, everybody want to show um their luck. They want to show what looks good, but they don't want to show if it is really good. So you can't get so caught up in comparisons to the point to where you're 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 miscounting the areas, these areas because of 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 pain in the current area you are in life. Let's keep going. And what areas do people miscount the most? They miscount in relationships relationships. And we kind of talked about that briefly, but some people miscount when it comes to their relationships. Like I said previously, you got this man in front of you, but all you see is the things that you have been, been conditioned to see. Uh, or he goes to church now and, and he reads his word now and, and he's financially stable. That's cute and cuddly when in, in the beginning. But can he so can he still have a grip on that word when the herd of lives life comes, when things are rushing in his life? Can he still hold on to the hope when, when things are getting bad, right? Can he still hold on to hope when he finds himself sliding down slopes? Can he still hold on. She looks well right now. She looks good right now. But are you literally taking the time to count the red flags? Are you so insecure, so impulsively uh, a desiring love that you're not really seeing the flags that's flying above? And instead of listening to the dove, the Holy Spirit is in you saying, hey, man, you got it. You got to be careful with this one. You got to wait a little bit long with this one. Like there were times when me and my wife, me and my wife, me and my wife were right for each other, but it, we wasn't the right time for each other in regards to marriage. That's important because sometimes you may be with the right person and they're meant to be for you, but but all of a sudden y'all get married prematurely and you get married before you learn lesson 78, 79, and 80. Lesson 78, 79, and 80 was supposed to teach you um, what you're going through week nine of month nine in your marriage. So God, it may be the perfect time for you all to meet, but is it a perfect time for y'all to complete, right? Because if you, if it's not the right time for y'all to meet and not the right time for y'all to complete, then y'all may ruin your fleets and stuff start falling off your ships. So some many people miscount in relationship. They're not counting their obvious red flags. Let me tell you something about red flags. They, they are obvious. We just ignore them. No red flag goes unmissing. Red, a flag is seen. Whether big or small, it is seen. We just ignore them or we're just not able to know that they're there, but they're there. And those who have the joy of the Lord as their strength will get, see, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I love that. 
because it will strengthen you in the times of mathematical observations. It will strengthen you. You Because know, joy says, when I have joy in God and God's my everything, he's the source. If I have joy in him, right, then it doesn't matter what it is that's in front of me. I will take my time because I'm content. When I, one thing I love about the word joy, and you heard me say this recently, it, 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 it leads people to being content. And when you look at the root word of content, you see the word tent. That's why you never build a house where you should pitch a tent. You never build a house in God's presence. You pitch a tent in God's presence because God's presence moves. And if you build a house where God was presently at one potential one uh, place of time, then what happens when he gets up and moves? Now it's going to be hard for you to move because you done built the house where he's supposed to pitch a tent. Contentment says that no matter where God is or where God has me, where the fire leads me and the cloud leads me, I'm going to pitch a tent. Because I know that God's a moving God. That even though he's immutable and he doesn't move, he moves us with his cloud. He moves us with his spirit. He moves us to different places of our lives so that we can be used as beacons of light. But if you build a house in a previous place of happiness, the issue is people want to find happiness and they build their house there. No, you build a tent where there's joy. So you'll know that no matter where God goes, I can pack up my tent joyfully and move with him. But what happens when you build a house in a temporary place? It's going to be hard for you to move. The same thing as relationships. When, when, when I know that I am in relationship with God and that he's my joy. That when he says, this is a good option for you, son, but she's not my best option for you, son. This is a great option for you, daughter. He's a great man, but he's not God's man for you. He's not my man for you. And when God's your joy, you may be a little sad because you're human, but you'll pick yourself up real quickly because you're going to be able to say, you know what, God? I know you're good. That's why you got to know that you, you are God's beloved. God ain't going to give you no scraps. Now, he says, if you being evil parents know how to give good gifts to your children, what you think I'm going to do for you? So joy, knowing that God is good, knowing that I'm God's beloved, gives me the time to count the red flags above every potential relationship and saying, hey, I'm good. I don't need my wife. I want my wife. If I need my wife, I'll pervert my marriage. Because <clears throat> then I'm, going, I'm basically putting unnecessary pressure on her. I'm basically saying, you're my God. Now, uh, 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 be my God. She can't be God. That's what happens when you put unrealistic expectations on people because of your insecurities. Now that God uh, <clears throat> responsibility becomes too heavy for them and they can't hold that weight. Nobody can be God to you but God. And that's why you got to let the rod of correction correct you to shift your perspectives, help you to see things correctly, accurately, multidimensionally, generationally, and thoroughly so that you can tell you, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I can get through this thing on this a little bit further. I can get through on this job just a little bit further. You see what I'm saying? Let's keep going. Another area that most people miscount is in their emotions. Some people miscount in their emotions. Now, what does this mean? Facts over feelings. People are so rooted in their feelings. All they care about is how they feel to the point to where they're too blinded to make the deals. They're too blinded to see what's real because all they are on or running on are their feels. They're going off their feelings. 
People miscount emotionally. They get offended easily. And what a person wasn't even trying to do, you thought they were trying to do, and now you're trying to try him, try her. Or now you hold this resentment towards your mom, resentment towards your dad, resentment towards your spouse, resentment in your house, because something that wasn't even really there. We cannot be so emotionally unstable to the point to where we're not able to count things thoroughly. That's why we have to count from a place of joy, peace gentleness, right? So that I'm able to uh, uh, throw it away. There was a quote that I posted on Instagram. Let me find it. I just shared it on my uh, on my Instagram. It said, uh, let me find it. It was, it was a good post. It said, uh, let me see. It says, weak people revenge, strong people forgive, intelligent people ignore. Let me say it again. Weak people look for revenge. Weak people say, because you offended me, I'm going to get my revenge on you. Bible says, vengeance is mine, I repay, the Lord says. You don't got to repay what happened to you today, right? You don't have to. He says, vengeance is mine. Weak people look for revenge. Hey, I'm going to get you back for what you did to me. Strong people forgive. That's great. Strong people forgive. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to forgive. But it says, intelligent people ignore. So it, so, so, so it doesn't matter what a person throws your way. It doesn't matter what comes your way. An intelligent person says, I don't got time to get my feelings involved. I don't got time. Uh, the people, when people say certain things uh, um, to me or against me uh, subtly and I hear it or they have subtle actions to try to prove their dominance or whatever it is, I've learned to just ignore it. Oh no, I take a mental note. I take a mental note of it. Don't get it twisted. I ain't going to forget it, but I'm going to ignore it. And that's what's that's what's important that 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 I'm not going to allow my feelings to occupy too much of my time. Imagine if we had a graph that showed how much of our feelings caused us to be focused in a period of time on a, a particular thing versus the thing that deserves our focus. So many people miscount with their emotions because they get so emotionally involved that they're too blind and they get emotionally involved, right? Or or they're not able to uh, intellectually solve because they're so emotionally involved. See, see we got to make sure that we have resolve so that we can evolve, so that we can solve. It, joy gives us that resolve. Joy resolves so that we can solve, so that we can evolve, Right? Not dissolve into the environment, not to dissolve in the emotions, not to melt and dissolve in the conflict, but to resolve it from the involved from evolving through to us involving ourselves with God, right? And say, God, I'm going to fellowship with you to the point to where as I involve with you and, and, and I evolve within you, then I have resolve in you, then I can solve beyond you. That's why it's important to say, I count from joy. I count it all joy because I know that things in life are going to test me to develop my faith. Number four, in what areas do people miscount the most? In attributes. Attributes. Oh, majority when it comes to God. We miscount or we're not able to fully count the things in front of us because we're not first aware of the attributes, the attribute of God. When I was able to grow and I began to grow and I'm still growing in my understanding of God's attributes, now when I see things happen in my life, I know who he is. When you follow a God you don't know, 
then you will leave a God you don't know. Now, what I mean by that, it's important that you know God. It's important that you know God's attributes so that when you go through various trials, when you go through a testing period, you won't drop what you're holding. You won't fold what you're holding, that you will be able to hold it well because you know you held well by a person you know well. And when you know God well, you hold things well, even when things don't feel well or seem well, because you know that it's well in your soul. So now it says I've counted the attributes of God and I'm endeavoring to continue to get to know God in a, in a deeper way. Then when a deep waves come by, I don't fly. I don't fall out the picture because I know I'm anchored. I know I'm rooted. But so many people, they miscount the things in front of them. They can't fully count the things in front of them because they don't know how to count. They don't know God thoroughly enough. That they don't think, most people think that you're not supposed to ever go through any struggle, that you ain't supposed to ever suffer. What the, what, what, then how do we become strong people if we don't go through various trials? And we're going to be talking about that later on in this course about how various trials makes you versatile. But it's important that we understand that, that it's worth the while to say, hey, man, I'm going, I'm going to sit here and be productive here and, 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 and allow this thing to make me. And I also got to count the attributes. The reason why we miscount is because we're counting uh, uh, false attributes and we're not even developing the right attributes in ourselves. And then, like we said with the red flags, we're not even counting to see if this person can attribute anything from their attributes. What can they attribute? What can they offer? What do they bring to the table? Are they able, stable, or are they just not but fables, right? That's why it's important to say, hey, I'm going to count the attributes of God. I'm going to get to know God in a third way so I can develop the right attributes to determine what attributes will are, are will be attributed or can be should be attributed uh, into my life. Now, last but not least, S, and what areas do people miscount the most? Their surroundings. Their surroundings. Some people, they just be going into environments, ain't discerning the environment. They don't even know what's around them. They're not even, they don't even uh, auditing and uh, assessing what environment they just walk into environments and astro world and all these different places. They just go places without even without even considering what is it I'm walking into, what is it I'm getting myself into. I have to be, I have to count my surroundings. Holy Spirit, show me is this the story to go in? I, I am so uh content in God, settled in God, and endeavoring to stay settled because I know that there are certain stories that God don't want me to go into. There's certain things I literally allow the joy of the Lord to lead me. That's why the word of God says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. And I love that verse. Such a profound and powerful verse. It says, um, this is a day. This day right now, what is today's date? The 20th, November 20th, 2021. This day has never been made like this before. There's never been two days made the same. Every day was made for you. This day, you went to a different store than I'm going to go to. Nobody's day is the same. Even if I hold my wife's hand all day, our day is not the same because I don't have her brain. I'm not thinking the way she's thinking. I'm not walking the way she's walking. I don't, I don't move like she moves. So my day is different. I may went down aisle five. She went down aisle seven. So even though this day is the same day for the both of us, our engagement of the day is different. This day is made differently than any other day. And that's important. 
Because if you played any video games where, where you have to navigate a, 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 a level, you know that things are hidden in different areas that depending on where you go may determine what, what treasure chest you find, what gun you find, what, what tool you find, right? The same as with this day. Those who rejoice about the day, the fact that they have another day, another opportunity. I said last week in, in one of our uh, um, devotions, the lady who was running devotion for our staff devotion, she said, what do you think for? I said, I'm thankful for another opportunity. I get, a, like, I get another opportunity. So it doesn't matter what yesterday was like. It don't matter what today or how today is going. I have an opportunity again at life. So I rejoice and what? Be glad in the day. I can't be sad in my day and find my way. I got to be glad in it. The more chipper you are, the more joyful you are, the happier you are, the better you see the blessings, the better you see God move for you, the better you see the enemy's attacks, the better that these things devolves, dissolves the attacks of the enemy. The, the, the ability for you to see the weapons that are formed and you laugh because they can't prosper because you have joy. You're able to be like the matrix. When the bullets are coming, you're able to go like that to them. Everything is in slow motion when you enjoy. You see things slower. You see things uh, thoroughly. You're able to dodge things, right? So if you're not rejoicing about today, I don't care what's going on today, you have life. Somebody who was rich, open their eyes up in hell this morning. Somebody right now died just now, open their eyes up in hell, and you have an opportunity right now to number one, get your life right. Because tonight might be your night. So you have to be more, you can't miscount your surroundings. And the reason why most people miscount their surroundings because they're looking for happiness. They're pursuing happiness or they feel like they don't count or whatever it is. They're eager, impulsive, routine. You can't be so routine. You got to be relationshiped. You can't be routine. You got to be relationship. And what I mean by that, so many people have so many routines that they go this way every day. God says, don't be so routine. Be relationshiped, meaning that that when let me lead you. I may tell you to make a left, but you say, coach, I'm going to be late for work. Do you not think that God's grace is efficient? Do you not think that he will be able to calm the heart of your balls to get you through this time? There is nothing that God, there is nothing that God leads you to do that will bleed through you. I'm telling you, there's nothing. You never lose by being led by God. You never lose when you're led by God. You never lose when you're led by God. That's why you can't be so routine that you go into surroundings. That's why I don't, I thank God for every traffic jam. I thank God for everything that slows me down. If, if I'm, it don't matter how eager I am to get somewhere, I take my time. I take my time because I'm like this traffic could be it could have been this traffic could be used to save my life. Remember when my wife was driving home from work and and she and she was wondering why she was stalled. She was wondering why she just wasn't um just uh, uh going getting home as quickly as she wanted to. And she was a few seconds ahead of an accident. She saw just by seconds a car beside her behind her crashes into the wall. And she sees it. She's on the phone with me and see this car crash into the wall and another car hits behind that and a car hits that car behind that one. By seconds, she missed an accident. This was last week. 
So what I'm saying is don't get so caught up in and 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 I gotta get there quick. No, 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 no. Take your time and trust the one who's above time. Let's keep going. Thank y'all for watching, man. I'm glad y'all, I'm glad y'all are listening and getting notes in. Now, why is it important to count everything? Why is it important to count everything? Let's go through these real quickly. And I'll be done shortly because we have I have a lot of points. And I want to make sure that you you guys and gals are, are getting it uh, uh, and, and understanding it. Why is it important to count everything? See, to avoid counterfeits and their confusion. It's important to count everything. Counting means to count everything. Thank you so much, uh, Nikki. Thank you. I'm glad y'all getting something out of this. That's right now. She says, be happy in trials and being uh, last. I think you meant last. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Very true. She's, Georgia said, whoa, we getting some word today. Why is it important to count everything so that you can avoid counterfeits and their confusion? All right. So the reason why I count everything, because I may be counting a counterfeit. Like I got to count everything because I really see you got to know your peace. In his peace. Hear me. Because I'm in God's peace. I know the peace is that's supposed to connect to me as a peace in his peace. Right. So the reason why I, it's important for me to count, because if I get a counterfeit in my life, I get their confusion. And you know what the word of God says? Wherever there's confusion, there is every what? Evil work. So the reason why I count everything and I count it all joy, no matter what it is, and I count spiritually, mathematically, so that I won't be accepting a counterfeit person, a counterfeit job, a counterfeit opportunity. A Listen, just because it's a great opportunity doesn't mean it's God's opportunity. Listen, God can care less how many millions you make off that opportunity. But how much of your family was destroyed in the process? How much of your health was destroyed in the process? How much was destroyed in the process? Think about that. You, but Josh, I made millions, so you hurt feelings, you hurt feelings though. Your daughter was without a dad. Your son was without a mom. So it was a great opportunity. You made a lot of money. You created, you gave them the biggest house possible. But you wasn't present. So what's the point? You know, that's why you got to be careful, man. You got to say, hey, man, it's important for me to count because I don't want the counterfeit and it's confusion. Number two, why is it important to count everything? To stay in obedience. So you won't miss God opportunities. I got to count everything because I don't got time to miss what God has for me, fam. There's some things I don't want to pay for that I, that I, let me tell you something about favoring money. You see what I'm saying? There's some things that I don't want to pay for. I don't want to pay for it when it's already been paid for. So what I'm saying is the reason why I count everything, the reason why it's important to count and to thoroughly investigate everything and to count from a place of joy so that you don't receive junk, so that you don't come back and 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 what's the word? What's the word we looking at? So that you don't miss God opportunities. I have to count everything so I can stay in obedience because there's safety in obedience. There's safety in God's will. Being one foot out of God's will can leave me with a broken foot later. Why is it important to count everything? You to avoid unequals. And carrying unnecessary weights to avoid the unequals. I got listen. I got you. Got to match me in faith. You got to match me in weight. You got to match me. 
You see what I'm saying? I count everything because I don't got time to be carrying my weight. That's what I said. Don't be unequally yoked. I don't got time to not only carry my weight, then I got to carry your weight. Then I got to carry the weight of the carriage. And you know what that metaphor means? It, it entails that if the cattle is not equal in weight, it doesn't affect the weaker calf. It kills the stronger calf. It literally breaks the neck of the stronger calf. And how many people in relations right now suffocating with unequals? Friends suffocating in friendships because of unequals. So to avoid unequals and carrying unnecessary weight, some of us just carrying unnecessary weight. The Bible says lay aside every sin and weight. That friend is not a sin. They're just too heavy. That man is not necessarily a sin, just too much weight. That, 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 that hobby is not necessarily a sin. It's just too heavy. And why is it important to count everything from a place of joy to avoid being an unnecessary need to someone and not being there for who or what needs you the most? Now, what does that mean? I got to make sure that I count everything so I don't become an unnecessary need to a person. So I don't become in an unequally yoked friendship, unequally yoked relationship, or setting myself up to where I'm being drained by leeches. And most importantly, <clears throat> that I'm not uh, hurting those that need me the most. I got to count everything because, yo, right now I'm married, fam. I'm married. Everything I do, I have to do with my wife in mind. There's just certain things I can't do. There are certain things that I can do. It's not wrong for me to do, but I can't do it at that moment because my wife needs me more. I got to count and consider everything. Right now, I'm thinking about my children's children. I don't even have one child yet of mine, blood-wise. I have some kids that look into me as a father figure. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes down to uh, my children, blood children, I got, I'm making I'm making financial decisions right now that will either that that will benefit them and not be a detriment to them. So right now, I got to make sure where is my where is my need where is my seed being sown. Where is my time being sown? Because just because everybody needs you doesn't mean they need you. Some people need Jesus, fam. Everybody needs Jesus. But I'm saying some people don't. You can't be Yahshua to them. You can't be Jesus to them. You're not their Messiah. How can you go high if you're someone else's Messiah? You can't do that. And so that's why it's important to say, hey, what needs me the most? Last but not least, T, why is it important to count everything? To avoid satanic traps. When I count from a place of joy, the Holy Spirit, man, shows me the devil's ploys. Let me see if, if that's it for today. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I ain't gonna be able to cover all these today. We'll do a part two next week. I hope y'all got something out of it. Uh, this is just a just an introductory lesson in the second phase of phase one. And um, we're going somewhere. We're going to be talking about these next few points here. We're going to be talking about these next week. We're going to be talking about how to test what's in front of you. T-E-S-T, -E how to properly test what's in front of you uh, um, so that you can be able to hold what's in your life right now well. So I hope, thank y'all so much for watching. I pray y'all was blessed by it. Make sure you check out some resources like the Wholeness Journal, um, a great book to help you on your wholeness journey, to help you become whole so that you can hold, right? Um, 125 reflective, 120 or so reflective questions, 25 articles, as well as some in journal entries for you to be able to process your wholeness a little bit more thoroughly. Also get the card game whole. 
And the first one is spells whole wins, a great resource there. It's a fun game, man. Kids love it. My wife, we enjoy playing it. Um, some people who purchased the game already has already let me know some reviews. They love playing it. It's a, it's a very good game. Also, make sure you check out some other books that I have, like The Purpose of Singleness. Um, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? Are You Maximizing Your Single Season? Great book there. A great book called right here called Dating Prep, How to Date God and Date Yourself so you can become dateable so you can take the love of your life forever. A great resource there. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, I have another great book called The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. Like that bird, the bird has been free. But like, like the Bible says, when the sun says free, is free. Indeed, you're free, but you have to fly in that freedom. And so many people are stuck in cages with doors open and no chains on them. If you're struggling with discernment or you want to learn more about how God confirms and, and uh, how to have a firm grip on things that he confirms and no difference between a counterfeit or counterpart, um, get this book here called Counterfeit a Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life, a great book and resource there. Me and my wife already also created a children's book called As He Says, Asiums from the Students I Serve. Um, here is my wife and I's cartoon characters. Well, we're, we're going to flush this out, man. We can't wait to do uh, chapter books and also an animated series on this. We're excited about that. And y'all support. Help us do so. Also, we got a book on spiritual warfare, World War Me, Winning the War Within. No war can come. No war can have uh, 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 can prosper against you if you are at peace on the inside. So we talk about the whole armor of God and how to do spiritual warfare. So I hope all these books uh, will be a blessing to you. Uh, we got some people that say, thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. God gets glory. Thank you, coach. Love you too. Love you all. Thank you. Have a great holiday. Y'all do the same. Have a great Thanksgiving. But it's still caged. That's right. We've been done, got set free. <laughs> uh, but we have to fly in that freedom. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. Don't be stressed. And um, enjoy your Thanksgiving, man. I love you all. Um, and uh, probably next weekend, I may not do this because of the break. Uh, but we'll see. But I'll be doing live Q&A throughout the week. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. And peace.